I noticed that we got a different style pizza mm -hmm. for recording this. Yeah. We could probably say the name. We're not going to be endorsing <clears throat> it. I think a healthy debate should be had. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Tonight, instead of our normal go-to Little Caesars, we got Domino's. Detroit style. The best Detroit style pizza. Little Caesars. From 2013. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Domino's, we got the pan pizza. Um... Nobody, no, and nobody disputes Little Caesars is, hands down, 2013 best Detroit-style pizza. Who's going to dispute that? Uh, no one. Yeah. Just want to clarify. Yeah, Domino's wouldn't even... No, of course not. They're, I got their, uh, their legal team probably will concede that fact. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I started getting the Domino's pan pizza... You know, when they when they first started coming out with it. Yeah. It was a big deal. Sure it was. I got a coupon. Who wouldn't? And I went for it, and I really enjoyed it. It's great. I feel like the quality has gone downhill. Immensely. Um, this is not the pan pizza that I had when they when they first came out. What, like a year or two ago? Yeah. It was about, it was about two years. <clears throat> 18 yeah. months. Maybe one year. I don't know. What I like about it, it's right up the street from me. Was it like a block? I can get coupons for it. Yeah. All the time. You can throw and a rock from your yard and hit the window. And I can order online. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <clears throat> I like that. So that's a pro. The con is, I think it's more expensive mm -hmm. than Little Caesars. And the quality, like I said, it's it's kind of it's gone down slipping. Yeah. Topping density is a problem. It's yeah. like they, they got you at the beginning. Yeah, McGuire hit 49 home runs his first year as a rookie. His last year, I don't think he hit 49 home runs. In a lot of ways, Domino's is a lot like Walt Weiss in that it was never really that great, but it was okay, and then and then we have it now. Was Walt Weiss on the uh, 89 team? He sure, he sure was. Hmm. Golden Glove, Rookie of the Year, I think 1989. Hmm. Canseco is Rookie of the Year, 87, McGuire, 88, and Walt Weiss, 89. So, I'll, I'm just going to say this. I think Little Caesars is better, and here's why. I think about cost. It's only like 8 bucks for a deep dish, and there's plenty of cheese on plenty. it. Plenty. It's a lot. The sauce is okay. <clears throat> the sauce isn't as good as Domino's. Sauce ain't bad. Domino's, I think, has the better sauce. Little Caesar, what do you think? Um, I've been enjoying Little Caesar's sauce more and more. Yeah, it's growing. I think on it's you? been growing on me. Yeah, I just think that Little Caesar's has really picked up their game, especially with that that deep deep dish. Oh, it's amazing! It, it's a complete <clears throat> game changer. We used to get the bacon wrapped, but we don't get that anymore. You want to know why? Yeah, it's a novelty. It is. I have my bacon with my eggs. I don't have it with my pizza. They pizza say, has pepperoni. They say, oh, there's three feet of bacon wrapped around it. Yeah. What is that? Three slices of bacon? Yeah, it's just three. And you don't even get a full slice. And it's $3 more. On a piece? Nope. No. No. Maybe half a slice. Right. And I don't mind having Domino's once in a while. Because oh. pizza is pizza's great. Mm -hmm. The only time I've had bad pizza was actually in Italy. <laughs> Terrible pizza. It's really bad. Two things Americans do great. Actually, more than two. But 
you're looking on an international scale, two things Americans do amazingly well. One is pizza. Mm-hmm. Hands down. We're the best. It's delicious. Every time I, I eat, I ate pizza in Italy, I was just glad that the Axis powers lost World War II. Two, Americans are great at breakfast. Have you ever had a breakfast overseas? Mm-mm. It's like oh, a boat. Yeah, I have. It's a boiled egg. <clears throat> it's a piece of stale bread and maybe jam. When I was in Romania. Jeez, if you're lucky. That's Daryl, ladies and gentlemen. Daryl's here with us. Hi, folks. You may remember Daryl from... Episode 3. Episode 3 of Season 1. Of Season 1, yeah. Daryl appears. We talked about his origin story. You were saying about breakfast? In Romania. Yeah. Cucumbers, bread, and some cheese, some like spreadable cheese to put on the bread. That's breakfast? Yeah, lunch wasn't much better. (laughs) It was bread, and cucumbers, and fish head soup. Okay. But no spreadable cheese. No, we didn't get the spreadable cheese. Dinner was cucumbers, tomatoes, bread, and leftover fish head soup. So why it took so long to kill Dracula? Everyone was malnourished. I was eating at an orphanage. Never Which mind. aren't really known to be super great over right. there. Right, you wouldn't see Anthony Bourdain go to an orphanage. <clears throat> I was just doing some of my, you know, humanitarian work over there. Right, yeah. Because we I do that. Guy Fieri makes a mean fish head soup, though. I've never had it. Welcome. Welcome. To Dylan and Dutch Metal Detecting. Mm. Season 2, episode... 4. 4, okay. Hmm. What are we talking about today? We've had a very eventful seven days. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about... Our work with the FBI. Yeah. And, that's on hiatus know, a little bit. We're kind of... We're taking a break. We have taken a break. Yeah, we've gone... We, they've sent us a bunch of places. Yeah. So we're... Um, we took a some time off from doing those crime scenes. From work, and, from, from yeah. uh, consulting with Bureau. We had to get back in touch. With the roots. Yeah. One of the things we did recently was very dangerous. And I'm speaking in all truthfulness, like I always do. Mm-hmm. It was really dangerous. And one of the things we did, which we almost never do, is we didn't tell anyone about this trip. Mm-hmm. You want me to touch on why, or do you want to talk about why? Played it, played it pretty close to the vest. No, go for it. Really close to the vest. Here's why. This trip was about rappelling into a 250-foot air shaft. <clears throat> Of a gold mine that had been abandoned for over 70 years. We talked about it last week. Yeah, we did. But we didn't tell anybody about it. No, we did not. No. We really didn't. We told our wives. And uh, we did I a lot of... practice. You told your wolves. Right. Uh, but we uh, we really didn't want anyone to know, because I really didn't want to talk about it with anyone. Even people who had been on the been to the this property multiple times. People mm-hmm. were really well, close... And are part of our small circle. I think it's because the trip just worried me. It really did. It kept me up at night. It really, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's why there's some privacy involved. In last week's episode, actually, we uh, published it the day before the trip. Just, I mean, if people want to listen to it on Monday. We usually release these on Wednesdays. So that's just... Calling out the elephant in the room, we probably won't do that again. We, I mean, we might if we're doing something dangerous, but um, 
that's why we kept it kind of close. So let's talk about the trip. Yeah. Uh, drove up Monday night. <clears throat> late. To, I, uh, I got I got I got out of the house pretty late because yeah. it was a nice to... nice peaceful drive. I love the drive. Yeah. I really like that drive at night. Yeah, it was it was really nice. Listen to some good tunes. What was that group you mentioned? Uh, Black, Black Angels. Black Angels. Black Angels. I'm, yeah, I've yet to listen to them, but I'm going yeah. to. You get really great good group. Taste music. Great group. Um, we stayed yeah. at the same motel. We did. Tradition. We went back. Always the same motel. Yeah. Lots of shady people. Tons. I'm not going to get into what they were doing. Nope. Yeah, but it, there's there's a lot of people casting a lot of shade. <laughs> you know they have a great. Great continental breakfast. That's what blew my mind because it's kind of like a really terrible motel. Yeah. But the continental breakfast. What would you say, Daryl? Well, I think that's the only thing that gives the quality in the quality is that breakfast. I think you're right. Yeah, shower's I, pretty hot though. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like there was water running constantly. Yeah, probably a leak. Well, there probably was. Yeah, you can smell the mold and the standing water. Yeah, there was a couple ninja stars on the on the wall. Yeah, I wonder who did that. I think it was me. It was weird. Well, our ninja stars are pretty sharp. <clears throat> so we after the, so we wake up that next morning, Tuesday morning, go to Safeway, get plenty of food, soda. Did we get beer? We got some. We already, I think we already had beer. We had we had plenty of beer, and Daryl <laughs> brought some one scotch. thing. It's one thing we did have. What what scotch did you bring again? It was great. Uh, I've had it before. Glenfiddich. Glenfiddich 12? At the 12. Yeah, yeah it was their smooth. signature malt. That's really smooth. Not peaty yeah. at all. You know, Although, it hit the spot. Yeah, it did. That's going to come up later, are. too, on this episode. It will. It's what the wolves prefer when they're feeling ill. Sure. Gets the spring back in their stomach. Um, so we drive up, and I, we got to mention him. Do you want to talk about the, the guy that works yeah. on this ranch? Absolutely. Love this guy. <clears throat> uh the gates closed when we get there, locked. Because uh, of the cattle. Yeah, because of the cattle. And uh, we don't want to bust down the gate. Um, it's a padlock, and cattle's, historically, cows can't pick that lock. Yeah. So we uh, we call up our, our contact that owns this property, 2,500 acres. Do you want to give him a pseudonym? Yeah. How about Barry? Barry. After Barry Manilow. We, uh, we call up Barry, That's and he says, nice my place. guy's on his way. <clears throat> my guy Brian is on his way. This guy's... I love this guy. Love this guy. He's We've met him before. Guy's guy. Roll, Strong, you know. Rolls his own cigarettes. If a man yeah. possessed manliness that could rival Dylan and Dutch, Brian would be that man. Yeah, he's good. He pulled off overalls quite well. Sure he did. And he had a dog in his truck. Had a dog in his dog. truck. That's cool. What, he, what was he driving? An F-150? Yeah. But an old one. An old like an one. an 80s. An 80s F-150. You know what? That's the kind of truck... I mean, it's it's solid... But that's the kind of truck, like on Saturday morning, he's up, changing the oil, he's underneath the car, tweaking stuff, <clears throat> maybe changing an oil filter, maybe uh, adjusting the carburetor, timing, belts, stuff like that. That's a car you work on with your hands. You have calluses. Yeah. You know what I like about okay. him, too? Yeah. He liked, he liked my truck. He really liked your truck. Here's the thing I love the most about him on this trip. He unlocked the gate for us. <laughs> he was there when we needed him. Yeah. And I imagine he always is. I mean, it's, I mean, he's like a genie. It's clutch. Yeah. <clears throat> so we get there. We checked out the pond, the bass, the bass pond, which rose at least ten feet. At least. 
So we did. We didn't go fishing yet, and of course, what's the one thing we do when we go to this property? We visit the lion's den. Visit. Got to visit the lion's den. Got to pay our respects. To, I love uh, what Adam did. Yeah. And from here on out, we're calling him Duke. <clears throat> you have a D name. So, Brian or Daryl, do you want to talk about what Duke did in the lion's den? Yeah, he. Um, I loved it. He had this great idea. He really. We're gonna put a video of this on our website, dddmining.com. He went all the way to the back of uh, the lion's den and uh, popped a flare. About two hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was uh, dark red. We were were laughing. Oh yeah, it was it was really cool. Yeah, no, I liked it. And he walked all the way out. He was just walking all the way out. Just walking. It looked eerie. Like if we walked in, it would have scared me if I didn't know what was going on. Oh my god, it was really eerie. You know what it reminded me of? No, what? Balrog. Yeah, reminded me of Predator somehow. Hmm. I don't know why. Great movie. <clears throat> so, once we're done with the Lion's Den, we pay our tribute. We start practicing. Because this repelling job, we don't have that much experience, right? In fact, we have no experience. Pretty much none. None at all. Like self-taught. Zero, zero hour. We really are self-taught. One of the days I was working late, I actually drove to a gym, and they showed me how to kind of slowly repel. There was a five-minute lecture, and I never repelled. They just showed me how to use the, the rope, and that was it. Hmm. It's like a scuba lesson without getting in the water. Yeah, or putting anything on. Right. So after we go to the lion's den, we find a, a good tree. Yeah, and we start practicing. Should we talk about all the equipment we brought? Yeah, definitely, definitely. We, and we um... should describe like what it is. So all you listeners who are thinking about doing this, let me just first say don't. And just listen to this podcast and live vicariously through us so you could live. For going down, we had the uh, Black Diamond ATC belay device. It's a belay um, device. not Pretty bla- standard. Yeah. yeah. It, what it is is it causes friction. You put rope through and you grip it in a certain way and it slowly lowers you down. Yeah. It's called a belay device or an ATC. Yeah, the ATC belay device. Of course, um, we had a harness. Yeah. Harnesses. That Harnesses. Too. We had the. Since we didn't know exactly how deep the uh, the shaft was, we had three hundred foot ropes. Um, two. Two of them, so two people could go down at yeah. the same time. Uh, helmets, you know, other kind of safety equipment, flashlights, things like that. Um, so once we got down there, yeah, uh, we had to get back up. So clearly, we had thought this through. Of course, we did. Sometimes we don't think things through. That's, we but that always well. right. We, well. we, that impro- makes good we improvise. Stories. That yeah. makes a great we're story. We're good. At, we're great at improvising. We do great under pressure. But this time we had thought it through. We improvise. We overcome. <clears> we adapt. <throat> Dutch. We had the uh, uh, Petzl um, ascender and Grigri. An uh, ascender is something that you use to climb up a rope or jugging. to yeah. The climbing world term. Uh, we had uh, foot foot harnesses set up so that we could actually climb the rope. Uh, yeah. You couldn't. I suppose you could climb the actual rock wall but it was it, it was, was sheer not, yeah and it was at least a 90 degree angle and rocks were falling right and left well, it was, was scary it was crumbling yeah. away yeah so the grigri is something that's like a lock it saves your life if it, it's impossible to fall if the grigri's connected to you yeah. it's just you'll stay <clears throat> in the same spot it's imperative that you have a grigri if you're repelling we're not going to explain how all this stuff works just you should have it go on youtube and uh, don't die. And if you do, don't 
say that you got this idea from Dylan of Dutch metal detecting because we disavow all uh, and any type of blame. Dutch. We're practicing. We're practicing. And you know, one of the things that was great about this uh, this trip, too, we had never seen this property so green. Oh, yeah, we just got done with a rainstorm for the last Yeah, we'd always been month. up there either in the summer or, you know, dead of winter. Um, it was, uh, gosh, it felt like, what's what's that that classical song about spring? That one. That's what it, that's what it reminded me of. By okay. some classical guy. I'm trying to think. That's, starts no. with a V. Yeah, I don't know. But that's yeah. what it was. Um, yeah. So it, it was verdant, if you will. I thought you were thinking about DMX. Or maybe. something with NWA. DMX no? Maybe. Starts with a silent V. Yeah. Um, yeah so we so do we... some practicing. At least, listen. <clears throat> we were very thorough. We practiced for at least five minutes. At least. And then we were ready. I mean, three out of four of us practiced. Yeah. Yeah. And two of those three went down. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Those are good those are good statistics. So finally we figured like, okay, we have the confidence. We and, have uh, the equipment. Yeah. We have an enormous truck to anchor ourselves to. It is an enormous truck. It really is. So we drive up, we clear some branches away with our with my Bowie knife. Yeah. The outback. I love that. I mm. love that knife. It's a beautiful blade. Let me hang on a second, because I need to mention this. Yep. I'm talking to Duke. Yep. We're about before we go in the lion's den. I say, Duke. I've got to buy you. This knife. Because you're one of us. And what does he say? Dutch. Oh, you mean this knife? He had. Pulls it out of who knows where. Brilliant reveal. Brandishes a down under outback Bowie knife. It was. It gave me chills, and it was. We were so happy. Yeah. We were slapping each other five and drinking scotch and. um, Yeah. It was. It was. was, You can't put a price tag. on You can't script something like that. No. Words don't do it justice. Yeah, Duke. uh, Well, he's the Duke for a reason. Yeah, he solidified. uh, that position yeah so we get to uh the pit yeah on up um you know first thing we do is take a look inside yeah and just look down yeah remind ourselves of what we're getting into i tell myself wow this isn't i'm kind of nervous but i was even i was emboldened it's like i've got to go down there so i tie up the ropes um, figure I am, eight knots. Great, you did a great job. Eight, knots. Uh, overhand fisherman knot. Um, it's pretty strong knots. I've been testing them out the whole for at least a week. To side, I was very secure. We both were. Uh, I I was a little. I, I didn't know how to feel about the amount of trust that you guys put in me. Yeah. Um, I didn't even question it. Yeah. Me and Duke were like, should we be worried about Dutch? He's like, no. It's like, of course not. We had a good laugh. <laughs> So, uh, threw the ropes down. They're all secured to the truck. We, you guys Here, hooked in. Go here's on. the problem. We threw the rope down, but there is a big, there's a very large poison oak bush That's in between right. both ropes. So I went down. I was connected. I was in the harness. I was ready. Mm-hmm. But I took my machete. I love that machete. And I hacked the poison oak. That machete got the job done. It I did. was kind of surprised. It did. Yeah. And in the, 
during the hacking, I actually grabbed part of the poison oak. Luckily, I never got poison oak because it was a really young plant, didn't have the oil. But it still got tangled in the rope because we didn't perfectly throw both ropes down. That's going to factor in the story later. But So I'm hooked in. Yep. Duke I, is hooked in. I, I, you know, I double check everyone's setup and make sure, all right, looks good. Double check, triple you, check, quadruple you triple check. check. Yeah. Duke's standing on the edge. and I've uh, already gone down 10 feet. Yeah. And apparently he thinks he's going to be a practical joker. I turn around and all I hear is <laughs> the sound of the rope. Oh the sound gosh. of somebody sliding uncontrollably down a rope. Then he like he held it with his hand like <clears throat> it was amazing. Like he knew what he was doing. I will never forget the look on Dutch's face though. I, I won't either. I'm I'm at, I'm ten never. feet above. Like he went down fifteen twenty feet. I wasn't laughing. I no. Wasn't. I'm laughing now. Dutch looks Dutch at me. Dutch and I were waiting for the thud. That's that's all we were doing. Dutch looks at me, and I say, he's okay, he's okay. And But the look you gave was like, did we just kill Duke? Yeah. Did we just kill him? You After didn't. that knife reveal. I know. Such, such a waste of a knife. So, hey, nice one, Duke. You got me. He got um, us. <clears throat> he got you guys. It, I was a little scared. Yeah. Luckily, we got that all on video on his GoPro. Yeah, we'll have to put that on the website, I too. can't wait. It's coming yeah. soon. So we start going down. And here's the coolest thing about Duke. There's a gold mine that actually juts out into the air shaft. So he had to fix some some gear, like, in a certain way. So he literally swung into this gold mine yep. shaft. Yeah, I went he down fixed there to, it. to meet him. It was a cool sight Daryl helped. to watch from the side shaft. Watching cool. him jump, like... Swing through. I mean, Romeo like Tarzan, but I was about I was about thirty feet below him as that was happening. So the thing that was kind of bothering me was every time he swung, the rope would hit the shale rock, mm-hmm. and it would rain down like a miniature avalanche. But it was worth it. It was a cool sight. <clears throat> so you guys had a nice controlled descent down. We were staying in touch, uh, walkie talkies. I went very slowly. It took us about. Oh, sorry, yawning. Took us about fifteen minutes to actually make it to the bottom. Yeah, what was it like down at the bottom? Quiet. It was much cooler than at the top. It was very quiet. The air was kind of stale. It wasn't like gaseous or anything like that, but it was quiet for a reason. It was very dusty. Like a lot of dust had settled. Frankly, I don't think anyone has ever been down there where we went. Like ever. It's an air shaft. Even when there were was mining operations, it was never meant for humans to go down there, I really don't think. But we get down there, and it's pretty much a fault line. Because once we get it down is. to the bottom, there's an enormous crack which leads up to, I don't know how far, Duke climbed up. Then there's a, a shaft that goes down. I don't know how far it goes either. It's a giant crack in the earth. Giant. I mean, yeah. it's got to be a miniature fault line or a fault line. Duke the... decides to climb up the crevice on the one side. And about a few minutes later, he starts screaming, Dylan! Dylan! Like, he's screaming. And I'm thinking, what is it? He caused a miniature avalanche. <laughs> Three enormous boulders were coming my way. I felt like I was in an Indiana Jones movie. And these boulders had uh, must have been flint on them because they were sparking like crazy. It looked like a fireworks show. But uh, like luckily there's a huge boulder at the bottom and I was able to hide behind it, which we're going to use to anchor next time. But mm-hmm. but that was 
That was my experience at that time. You heard the whole thing <clears throat> from the side shaft. It scared me. Yeah. I was worried. Dutch and Daryl, what were you guys thinking as we were going down? As you were going down? I was keeping an eye on the knots and keeping an eye on the ropes. Um, I was just in the zone, in the safety zone, you know, just making sure everyone was yeah. safe and that uh, the situation was under control. I was watching from the side shaft, watching you guys go down, making sure everything was cool. I had a pretty good view, actually. It's an interesting, uh, interesting place. What, like a th- maybe a sixth of the way down? Yeah, being able to look up at Dutch and down at the two of them. Yeah, right cool. in the middle. Yeah. Duke, uh, who's not here, he described too the uh, looking down the other crack. Um. Because one crack was going up and one crack was going down. Couldn't even see how far it no. led. It was it was scary being down there. I'm going to admit. It was, it was pretty scary. Dylan, weren't there uh, some support beams down there? There were. So, But it's not like they were holding anything up. I think it was right. just there. Relics. To keep, yeah, just relics from a century ago. It was really old wood. I wasn't going to touch them. They were probably going to... Crumble apart. They were supporting anything. Yeah, they weren't doing anything. You guys were down there for about how long before you came back up? We were down there exploring for about a half hour. About a half, yeah. I was going to say a half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. Sounds about right. <clears throat> and then uh, you ascend you, the rope. Yeah. Uh, Duke goes first. Then I went up. I was alone there for 45 minutes. It was a little scary, but then I climbed up and out of there. It was an experience. When I got, finally when I got to the top, because it takes a long time to climb 250 mm-hmm. feet. Uh, when I got there, I I was very glad to be on at the top. Yeah. It was much warmer. Being underground does something to you. It kind of does. It, it You get to shovel. You don't, you lose track of time. I didn't think I was down there that long, but Daryl, you're telling us, like, we... We started descending at 1, we came back up at 3. Around 3? Yeah. was when we were packing it up, yeah. It, when I, can't, when I got up, I was a little shell-shocked. Because it, it was very, it was a little scary. I mean, it really was scary. And when I came back up, I didn't, like, you guys went shooting, I didn't want to go shooting. I just wanted to, like, sit somewhere and... Reacclimate. Reacclimate. And I told myself, I am never going down there again. Never. But the next day, told me. In fact, I texted you. Yeah. Said, I'm going back down there. Yep. I'm totally going to do it again. Yeah, so once once we got to the top, we uh, kind of gave an offering. Absolutely. Yeah. Daryl, do you want to talk about the offering? <clears throat> I do. You know, I've said it a couple times, but that pit, we did not conquer that pit. No. We, uh, we survived that pit's wrath. Yeah. And... To uh, show our respect, we tossed our two 300-foot ropes down to the bottom Yeah, as an offering. And it makes perfect sense because we're going to use that rope to anchor us when we go down and and see how what, what it's like. Crevasse. Absolutely. Yeah. The crevice. Oh, my gosh. We should call it that. Yeah. Future plans. Dutch. Because we've talked plans. about future plans a lot about this. Yeah. And I think this is where we are going to bring a lot more friends. and like Because we felt yeah. like we left a lot of people out. Yeah. Um, so future plans, we're going to go back down. Um, we're going back down there. Maybe not the next time we go, but uh, eventually. 
Uh, we're gonna get some new ropes so we can get down to the bottom. Um, you know, chain. we've done it once, so we know we can do it again. Uh, and then once we get to the bottom, we're gonna go explore what else there is down there. We're gonna yeah. go back up the crack and see, you know, because I think Duke said there was actually another air shaft that went straight up. Yeah, there was. About 80 feet with some other tunnels at the top. Uh, we're going to see about if we can get up there. Uh, yeah. Then we're going to go down the crack on the other side. Yeah. See how far it goes. We're I mean, going to bring gas, a gas and air monitor. Yeah. We're also going to bring respirators. Bring our respirators. And I think we should bring oxygen tanks. Those are heavy. Yeah. Should we just bring respirators? I think we just need a gas monitor. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if it's getting bad, we'll just leave. Because if the, if the air is no good, even if I have an oxygen tank, I'm not going in. That's a good point. Yeah. Gas monitor. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Future plans. <clears throat> it was a great... I'm just going to say, it was a, it was a su- successful trip. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it was once-in-a-lifetime experience, but it's going to happen again. Um, after, you know, getting back out, uh, Dylan and I, we decided, hey, you know what, let's go do some gold panning. Why not? Um, so we went down to the river, uh, brought our stuff. Yeah, took our stuff and just, just panning. Beautiful day. The water, well, the water levels were really great. It was rushing pretty well. And- yeah. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully that some new stuff had been washed down. Um, I read, and you know what? I, I, I begrudged me to say it because I love the Boy Scouts. We saw that Boy Scout troop, and we want to like show them how we do it. And but when we got too close, this Boy the Scout leader, older guy. I don't know if he's like retired or what, but he told us to stay away from them. And he was very territorial. I don't like that. What yeah. do you think about him? Nah, you know, standoffish. I think he was a little intimidated too. Like he didn't want us to come and like show him up, because he's their leader. Yeah. You know, he didn't want us to come in and just kind of. Here's the thing that bothered me the most. One of the kids had a Dylan and Dutch t-shirt on. <laughs> uh, come on. It's us. Yeah. No. But we met a really cool guy. We never got his name. I called him Ernest. I know. He reminded me of Jim Varney. I loved the Ernest, Ernest movies. Do you have a favorite? Um, Ernest Goes to Jail. That's your favorite? I, I, I like that's Ernest Goes to Camp. Oh, that's a good one, too. I gotta go with Scared Stupid. He was in the... Oh, that's right. <sighs> Ernest Scared Stupid. I like Ernest Goes to Camp. Let's all, let's all agree to disagree. Because the, these are solid movies. I mean, they this really is Americana. Yeah. This is exactly what America's about. Ernest Goes Golfing was another good one. Did he really do that? Yeah. Great film. So, no, this guy, he was just gold panning. But he was using the coolest thing. He was using, like, the tin pans. Yeah, from, old like, school equipment. Really old yeah. school. And we showed him how our stuff works. It's like the Garrett, the green, gold panning. Yeah, with pan. the riffles and the ripples. Yeah. He's like, oh no, I use this stuff. And he had a. And the other reason I noticed it was uh, my dad has one of the U.S. Marine Corps tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Those are cool. Cool guy. He showed us. Yeah, showed us some stuff. And yeah. his nose was smashed. Did you notice that? Yeah, it looked like he'd been in a couple fights. You know what that means? He's probably a boxer when he was younger. Ah. I think. I mean. Your nose doesn't get smashed for no reason. Yeah. I think he was... Anyways. Um, one of the best parts of all these trips is... We go to the casino afterwards. Go to the casino. It's a Native American casino. That's about... I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, I think 
it felt like we had used up all of our luck. Because when yes. we got to the casino, we were getting... It was not our night. No. I we lost 60 demolished. bucks of blackjack. Um, yeah. I was down... I don't know. You're down to your last 200, right? Yeah, I was I was down about $1,000. I was down to my last 200. And you know what? It was getting late. We were tired. Yeah. It was time to go to the buffet. And uh What is better so, than a Native American casino buffet on a Tuesday night? Yeah, we didn't run out of all of our luck on that one. Do you know what's better than that? Everything. So, last I I'm thinking last hand all in on my last blackjack hand, dealers, you know, dealing out the cards everybody. Get a 10. Wait for my next card. Waiting, waiting. Someone is, like, asking the dealer some questions. Yeah. Don't ask the questions. Don't ask questions. If you don't know how to play, come on. There's a $100 table. Get out of here. Yeah. Got my 10. Next card. Blackjack. On a warm summer's evening On a train bound for nowhere Met up with a gambler We were both too tired to sleep So we took turns of staring Out the window at the darkness Till boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces And knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of aces For a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice So I handed him my bottle And he drank down my last swallow Then he bombed a cigarette And asked me for a light And the night got deathly quiet And his face lost all expression Said if you're gonna play the game, boy you gotta learn to play it right You got to know when to hold them Know when to fold them Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done Every gambler knows that the secret to surviving Is knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep Cause every hand's a winner, and every hand's a loser And the best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep And when he finished speaking, he turned back toward the window Crushed out his cigarette Faded off to sleep And somewhere in the darkness The gambler he broke even But in his final words I found an ace that I could keep You got to know when to hold them Know when to fold them Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting There'll be time enough to count When the deal is done You got to know when to hold When to hold Know when to fold Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money
Sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the dealing's done, you got no when to hold up, no when to fold. 